space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. A greeting, salutations, and welcome back to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot, and once again, hosting us is Doctor Squee. Hi, guys. How are we all doing? Okay. Yeah, not bad. Just uh, <coughs> getting over a little Virgilian call. Fair enough. Just don't take whatever it was to give McCoy in City on the Edge of Forever, because it. <laughs> or whatever McCoy gave Kirk in the uh, 2009. Yes, we have yeah. big hands. <laughs> Indeed. So we're here to talk about Discovery. Uh, what are we up to? Episode, is this eight? Seven or Episode eight? eight. Episode eight. And this is The Sanctuary, which um, I only just realised just before we went on air that there was a DS9 episode called Sanctuary. Um, so the, you know, we're kind of repeating titles, but they'd already done that. So there was a TNG, the Emissary, and then they did DS9's Emissary. And so Gosh, this wasn't Sanctuary Part 8 or something like no, that. No, no, they didn't. Uh, you don't <laughs> want to follow up to that episode. No, it wasn't, it wasn't linked to DS9, this one. And that was <laughs> no, not no, the greatest. Not the greatest DS9 episode, from what I remember, Sanctuary, anyway. So, yeah, totally unrelated. But, um, yeah, we'll get into what we all think about it. But directed by Jonathan Frakes again. Yeah, you can yeah tell I think he's done one or two things on Star Trek, hasn't he? Yeah, he's done a couple of bits and bobs here and there. I was reading, actually, um, he's nearly caught up with uh, new Star Trek episodes compared to old Star Trek episodes. Or he's he's nearly done as many now as he did for TNG. If you factor in DS9 and Voyager episodes he did, he's still got a fair way to go. But um, Oh, you mean with directing? Yeah, for how many he's actually directed. So he's, he, he's catching up with his new Star Trek stuff, but not quite there yet. Uh, written by Kenneth Lynn, who first... Um, writing credit for Discovery, uh, but was a writer on House of Cards. So that, that was, you know, before the controversy surrounding one of the stars of the programme, I think was quite well regarded. And co-written by Brandon Schultz, who, again, he uh, is a staff writer. That It's the first solo writing credit, but he's been a staff writer on Discovery since more or less the start and also wrote the short trek, The Girl Who Made the Stars, you know, the animated one. All right. So I, re- I really like that Discovery's elevating these staff writers now and giving them the full credit <coughs> for the episodes because... Staff writers do yeah. a lot of work behind the scenes, but it's nice to get them get them. Yeah, they actually uh, promoting from in house instead of bringing outside people in all the time. Yeah, I really like that they're doing that. So that's really good. And yeah, so I've not spoke to you guys about what you thought about this one. I'll 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 go first. I thought this was perhaps one of the least focused episodes this season, but I thought it was also perhaps one of the most enjoyable as just a good romp, if you like. So I I quite enjoyed it overall. Uh, I enjoyed it, but it seemed almost a filler episode. Yeah. I think there's oh, I think there's a couple of bits in it that sort of are clues to where we're going, but I don't think there was a lot that actually drew off 
the whole season act story forward. No, there's a lot of sort of wrapping up a few loose ends and character acts and things and just getting everything nicely in place because next week it's the start of a a two-parter, which I've heard things, there's things out there on the internet that I won't put out in this in case I've anybody's not read really, them. I've been really, really good this week and I've not watched... Any speculation YouTubes of like next week or this week's episode and mm-hmm. the two part coming, I've not seen, watched any of the reviews or anything on this, nothing for the ships or anything. So I've really <laughs> very good been good. I, I've there's been a few articles that have been doing the rounds on the internet and on social media, and because they like clickbaity. Uh, titles to the articles. <coughs> Even without reading the article, I've had a couple of things that I know are probably coming, which it, I won't, as I say, I won't repeat them. It's out there if you want to find it yourselves, but it sounds really, really interesting. So I think this is an episode just wrapping things up, getting all the pieces in play ready. You see, that's the thing. I, I, I think to me, you know, that episode a couple back, I thought total filler, the one where they're the prison the, break uh, one. <laughs> the prison break one. Yeah, wasn't keen on that one. That seemed like filler. Ditching episode, so it's like yeah. setting up a load of stuff. It didn't, like like my fire personal individual episode, like there was loads of characterful, mm-hmm. wonderful moments in it, and I enjoyed it, but like it's not one where I go, oh, that's an amazing episode. I thought it was a fine, like a fine route to where we're going. I think there's loads of stuff with it, which when we watch it as a series arc, will be awesome. You know, we'll really go, ah, that's when that. Yeah, I think. Oh, I think that I think there was lots of clues here in where we're going. Oh yeah, we yeah. we've we discovered there's. Well, I, I don't want to steal. I'm going to let you actually steer this week. Yeah, right? we'll go through this one, but yeah, I think we're all more or less on the same page with this one. Uh, so we start off with Giorgio and Culber, which is and it, that's sort of about the two most opposite personalities you could put in a room together. Them two, <laughs> and I thought. I thought it was great. Like, I love. I feel like. Oh, sorry, man. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I love the fact that I feel like to not deal with bullshit. And that, that meant that he was very good at, like, shutting Jojo up. Like, it's like, yeah, 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 going to kill me. Run through my intros. Yeah, sure. Can we get on with now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I like the way he sort of shifted. Like, he started out being really nice, really kind, doing his usual thing. And then it. He just got fed up with it and sort of went on, not on the attack, but he went a little bit more aggressive with her. And as as you say, exactly, took this hard stance with her. So I thought that well, was tried really be- good. I liked where she tried being aggressive with him. It's just there. Um, you're trying to frighten me when I don't need to. You're scared to death. Yes, that was really good. <laughs> you're terrified. <laughs> I, I loved it. It seemed in every scene uh, what they've done for Ashley, and I think better with someone like Colbert with uh, with Burnham. I think that it, she's totally disarmed. Like she, because he just doesn't rise to any of her yeah. threats. Whereas Burnham gets real with her. I don't buy that. He, even though they've got this relationship because of what um, other Burnham meant to her and what other Giorgio meant to Burnham, hmm. even that, I don't think that can unnerve uh, Giorgio. I don't buy her unnerving her. Colbert is not rising to any threat. It, that's how you disarm her, but just by not not being threatened by her. And everyone else is threatened by her. Like, and they show Burn, Burnham doing it, but again, I just I, I think they showed her as too much an emotional person to be 
you know, not hurt by Giorgio's words, whereas yeah, I, th- I think Colbert can do that. I think he, he's faced the worst of his fears through losing and regaining him. Like he's he's already faced that down, so he's yeah. kind of like bulletproof. Yeah. I think there's also an element of he's a doctor, and a lot of people who have this sort of brass and bullshit sort of persona that they put on are absolutely terrified of doctors because doctors can tell you that you're ill and there's nothing you can do about it. And I think maybe there's an element of that with Giorgio. You know, he can present her with hard facts and hard science that she can't hide from and she can't cover up. And, yeah, it does make her more vulnerable with him than she is with anybody else. It's like you say, with her and Michael... I think even if Michael thinks she's got the upper hand, I don't think she has. I think Giorgio's absolutely in control. The only other person I think who had a number to some extent was Captain Pike, but I think they were more sort of saw each other kind of as equals than than anyone else does. Uh, So, yeah, I really like all of that stuff. There's a good bit here that pays off later on where uh, Giorgio makes some sort of crack about children or something like that. And Culber says, well, if I had time, I'd have children. And it's just (laughs) it's just a tiny little thing. But I feel it, it tells you something about his character, about. Uh, also, his and Stamets's character that maybe they've not found time for children because of their jobs and being staff late. Exactly, and I think that pays off later on with this sort of pseudo family that they're developing with Adira. And I thought that was a really nice little detail. There, it wasn't. There was no big flashing sign or anything. You didn't have Culber starting with a log entry saying, "I really wish I'd had children," and then. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I never actually thought that. Yeah, that uh, I agree with that. And yeah. I also just I just want to bring up something more. We're here. Did you notice, like on the side of Colbert's head, like I forget the actor's name, but he has got a vein the size of like the rest <laughs> of his head on the side. I just found it so mesmerizing. Like it was a great scene, and I was I was mesmerized by the scene. But I was like. How have I never noticed that before? I think it's just a camera <laughs> angle or something. It's because the man has like zero percent body fat. He's just absolutely, he, honestly. Follow him on Twitter or Instagram. It, he's an absolute <laughs> monster. Is that bloke? And I mean that in a good way, not a bad way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, no. Uh, not in the way of we were talking about a, a certain star of another show before. <laughs> but. Uh, for me, though, the other thing is, like, I, I think you're um, completely right, but I, I love the fact that they've got this kind of, like, um, a very sensitive, very lovely, loving gay couple, but they, like, they allow, like, uh, like uh, Colbert is a very strong character, which mm. doesn't play to any gay stereotype, which I kind of love about this, and probably I shouldn't signpost it, but I, I, I just kind of love that. There's no kind of, like, just because he's a sensitive guy doesn't mean he can't kick ass and stand up to someone. And I kind of like that. You know, I, li- I like the fact that they can show sensitive and strong. Like, I think Burnham is very, very overly sensitive. And maybe like that kind of takes away from her strength in some scenes, but kind of like with him, he's just kind of, uh, yeah. he will not take any shit from anyone. I love that. I think Culber this season has really come into his own. I mean, it was, it was, it was always an interesting character and it was always a great performance, but the role has got so much meatier this season for him. And it's been great to see, especially in a show that, you know, we often criticize for not developing its characters well enough. So it's really good to see what they've done with him. 
I agree, but he was always one of the kind of central few characters. The, he was, yeah. I, I, I still really felt like the... We're close to this scene, so I don't think I'm jumping ahead too no, much. Yeah. But like the, uh, the bit on the bridge where they've got... Um, sorry, you see, this is the thing. Because they run over the like other characters so much, I forget their names. But the uh, Hound's one? Oh, oh, uh, oh. Oh, uh, like who's kind of got the implant. Oh, sorry, Depner. Oh, Depner. 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 I think it's Owo who goes past her. She goes like... Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just adapting this, so you know I've got redundancies and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like you know the the ship's men adapted. All you ever need is you, and like that's it. As opposed to having a scene of them having a conversation, mm. it's done in like two or three lines, and that really pissed me off again because later on they do a pat, but we didn't have enough setup to it. So you've got lovely setup with Colbert, with Giorgio, with kind of uh, uh, Stammer, with Adira. Like all these characters get wonderful kind of set offs to their payoff later, but these other characters seem like you know they're just given short shrift again. We're going to set something up in a couple of lines with them because we really don't want to make the time to actually give them. Like I, I, you know, I love the the bits on planet and everything, but I think you could have trimmed maybe just a, a page or two of dialogue from there and given it to them, and still made that storyline work and still made it flesh. Yeah, I, I kind of take your point. I think you're right in this episode. <laughs> Um, there's not been a lot done with Detmer, but I do think they've spent time throughout the season building that up. So I, I do feel like she's had enough over the course of the season. But if you were just watching this one in isolation, yeah, there's not a lot at all but really even, done to set it up. Even that, like you put in these scenes where you do, as you say, set up, but they never get long scenes for those days. They're always kind of like this. It's always kind of like a few lines. Yeah, it's like we've had peppered over episodes. We get a whole concept. Mm. Yeah, it's like we had all the setup with the P- PTSD with her, and that that hasn't been done enough to me. All we had was a go to Culber eventually and go, "Can I talk?" Yeah, and obviously we get, uh, yeah. and it's sort of like, well, you you had something really interesting building up here, and you form like maybe they will come back to it in the last five episodes. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they are, because they're showing her almost that she's starting to get over it. And you have this great opportunity to explore this. Yeah. And it sort of summed it up in, oh, can we talk? And that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I would love to have a few of those uh, bridge characters, very characters, if you will. I'd love for them to have a scene, just them, they, they, where they're not a mirror character, mm-hmm. where they don't, like, get it solved by Cobb or by Stemmet or any of our kind of lead few characters. Just have them having a scene to themselves without having to use one of the other characters like then because you're not going to ever flash flesh them out as, until they're the main attraction in that scene yeah and we know they don't do that until they're killing you off so <laughs> when they yeah, do start getting oh, fleshed out i had my heart in my mouth uh, this episode with that i thought we were getting one of those <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> Did it, so it wasn't just me <laughs> No, no, no. I have to I admit know, that that her something that she have seen there. Oh dear! <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't cross my mind, but uh, I can completely see why it would do. Yeah, he thought we were going to lose Detmer this episode. I can, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I, uh, just going back to Georgia, there's a good bit um, where. She says something about killing her mother, and Michael says, no, you didn't, by the way. And I quite like that, that she's calling her on... Yeah, she makes these things up. So I did like that bit. Uh, And obviously, the main plot kicks in, so Buck's got a message from his brother asking for help. The Admiral's a bit reluctant, but they can go as observers, and off we go. So we get into the main thrust of it quite quickly. 
We then go back to the prison planet, escape mining planet place, and we get to see this Osira that's been talked up a little bit. Do you guys know who her famous aunt is? No. Margot Kidder. She's Margot Kidder's niece, Lois Lane. All right. Yeah. Well, I can see it now, you say. Yeah, once you, once you tweet yeah. it, you can see it. And also, uh, uh, vocal inflictions, um, hmm. yeah, you can definitely see the resemblance. Can I just ask while we're on that, like, what do you guys think of the look of the Orions and this? For me, they just, they've done something which makes them look plastic in. Yeah, it's they definitely do. They've done, the sa- they've done the same with the Andorians as well. And it's almost like the whatever face paint they're using. Yeah. It's that little bit bl- uh, glossier and brighter. Mm. So it uh, it looks that Yeah, I'm, it looks yeah, that I'm, bit more fake. I I think it the looks Jandorians looks more real in Enterprise. Yeah, the than they do now. The Andorians doesn't... I, I haven't really noticed it with the Andorians, but certainly the Orions. I mean, I don't know. Maybe what they're doing with the Orions, are they using uh, sort of tight latex masks rather than just well, makeup, perhaps? And that's why it's looking a bit more... But uh, it, it What it actually could be is they're the quite possibly using exactly the same makeup that they have used mm-hmm. previously, but the cameras have improved that much... That they're actually picking them up differently, so it's yeah, giving us that. It, it but the, the, the look, they do look like they've got a a plastic machine to them. They do, yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah I think there's some of the other alien characters that looked a bit better. I don't know. I can sort. I wouldn't have said it about the Endorians until you point it out and see what you mean. Mm. But it really, it sort of almost looks like they're CGI characters when they're real people. Yeah, they look like uh, well, the and, the Andorian looks like uh, one of them blue men. <laughs> Yeah, there's. Yeah, I I agree. There's something. There were much. There were much lighter blue previously, and the lighter blue looked a lot better and more realistic. Yeah, you're right. It was lighter. Um, maybe it's something to do with the burn. Maybe the burn changed the pigmentation <laughs> or something. But, but you, the the thing is, there's no there's no excuse for it because Discovery has a much much higher budget than any other Star Trek has ever had. So and and makeup effects have moved on yeah. a lot even since when we were making Enterprise. So you can only so, assume it must be a deliberate choice, but it, if that's the case, I don't think it's a particularly good one. Yeah, no. it, it feels like maybe they've more used a kind of like a thin mask as opposed to make, and I think yeah, that's better. You know, you don't maybe. need to always use that much masking. Well, they maybe use like a blue latex and a green latex instead of yeah. Using uh, face paints. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, it's definitely something looks wrong on them. I agree. Especially when they were in that CGI, like they had them in that CGI furnace. So you got CGI, and then the person looks a bit fake, and it just yeah, mm, felt like I was watching a video game for a minute. And the the worm looks a lot more penis like this episode, I think, than it did the first time we saw the worms. You're right, James. It isn't all bad. Yeah, it's, yeah, when it first came into that room, I was like, whoa. Uh, But anyway, so back on the ship then, we've got Tilly briefing Saru, Linus is shedding all over the place, Uh, but the best subplot is Saru and his catchphrase. And (laughs) I thought that, I thought that was brilliant. I mean, we've already done that joke in Lower Decks, but... 
Now, you've got to remember that Lower Decks was meant to come out after Discovery. So I think the joke in Lower Decks would have played... Is to take the Mickey out of this. Out of this, yeah. It would have played differently. She'd have been like, oh, I remember him talking about that on Discovery. And Whereas now you're like, oh, Discovery's doing the same joke Lower Decks did. And it should have been the other way around, really. Can I just, like, just this little counterpoint? Like, I did enjoy it, and it was fun. I don't mean to sound the um, po-face one. Like, the only thing I did think is that Saru such a good cap, and I bought him as a captain so quickly. I, I, It's sort of like just a little bit, just a little bit for me, maybe took away the, him being so in control. Mm. And I kind of, like, love how effortless same captain. We all knew he was up the job. We all knew he was perfect. Well, so making well, a kind of joke of that. Just a bit, just but a what gets me with this, like, we have seen... With Picard and Gage, and we've seen Janeway, and we've seen Lorca, and we've seen Pike, and they do come out with different things. But we're now to believe that every single captain <laughs> in Starfleet has a different word or phrase that they use to hit warp speed. Yeah, you can <laughs> run out, run out of different no, ones. No, go on. No, I was just going to say, it would have been kind of fun to give this one to. She has to take the bridge in an episode. So give her the kind of like her trying to feel. Uh, her feeting, feeting, feeting. Maybe have her trying to find a thing because she has been progressed to first officer, so she would be more kind of like needing to assert yeah. authority. So I think I just again like I don't mean a shim. It's just a fun little moment. I get it, but again, he's such a natural captain. I don't. But uh, right, okay. Another potential take on this. Then now I'm thinking about it. Saru had all that stuff where he was like, how can I bring the crew together and how can I uh, do this and relieve the tension? So maybe he's thinking, I'll give them the opportunity to take the piss out of me a little bit by having these different catchphrases and that'll get the crew. So it was um, a thing we used to do when I was a teacher. It was a thing you'd do um, if you were writing something on the board, you'd go... Oh, and he talks that cat. What's that character's name? And the kids would go, he's called so and so. And you go, oh, thank you. And it makes the kids feel good because they feel like they've helped you remember yeah. something. Whereas obviously, you know who it is, really. Or sometimes you don't. You can do it and you don't actually know who it is. But anyway, um, so I'm wondering, you know, maybe it's the thing. Maybe Saru's letting his guard down a little bit to give the crew a little bit of fun. And we see that, like when he tries out execute and he tries. <laughs> Uh, whichever one it is he tries later on in the carry-on or something he tries later in the episode. Now, I'd have liked him to have used engaging them all to look at him really weird. Yeah. (laughs) I want him to do... I think he should, like, everything on the page, (coughs) everything's going off, and he should go, stop, hammer time. (laughs) In that case, no, I I love Jacobs. All I need is for him to tell Turbo Lift. Head hung a little bit shamefully as they were having. Mm-hmm. As soon as the elevator just, you know, the lift door shut, him's going, shit, right. Like, I don't know how to fucking take off the ship. Like, just that's <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I want that little scene in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we've got, and then there's a load of subplots going on in this episode. Um, there's the update on the burn data. So we got the thing from Nivar, we've triangulated it. It started in this nebula. Now, um, do we want a theory? Yep. Go for it. I wonder if you got the same one I have. Right, so we've got the burn data. Mm-hmm. It's a nebula. And they've said the burn has started here. And then they start triangulating all, sort of getting all the sounds sorted. And they go, it's a distressing signal from a Starfleet vessel. Is this going to be the discovery that's waited a thousand years? 
That was my first thought, yeah. Yeah, me too. I thought it's and, ten out of ten. And without going, and I really hope it isn't, that and I I think this could link into the name of next week's episode mm-hmm. that this isn't actually our discovery. That this is the mirror universe discovery from season one mm. that went through and hasn't been seen. Yeah, they said it were destroyed, but we never saw it. So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking, is this the mirror universe? Discovery, and it's actually a, some weapon on board that's caused the burn. And Terra, Terra Firma is actually ah. uh, telling us that they're going back to the Terran Empire. Could be, yeah, because obviously we've got we've got the culmination of Georgia's storyline to yeah. come. So yeah, that I like it. I like, I like it. That. And also, it's a, a bit and um, one of the better episodes is uh, through a mirror dark. Yeah, kind of mirrors the idea of like, the original series <laughs> where a ship got lost and there is there. Yeah, and we know that David Cronenberg was very interested in the Terran Empire, and yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, because I, I did think it could be some version of Discovery, but I didn't pull that together. That's and, a very canny theater. Yeah, and tie it into Calypso as well. So yeah, yeah, very yeah, interesting. So like Calypso didn't actually take part in our discovery. It was yeah. So that that'd make it the evil computer, I suppose. Or actually, if it's the mirror universe, because the the computer that we saw in Calypso was really nice, so that means our version's evil, so they're going to have to... We could have... Well, they did. They have had suggestions. Like, I, I always thought there was something where it's taking over systems and they uneasy to begin with. Mm-hmm. They sort of seem to have come round about it, but maybe that was kind of like... I did feel like there was hanging up of how much control are they giving to computers. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I love that kind of mirror of, like, yeah, our version evil, their now, version's actually... Well, in Calypso, we saw it being nice, but... Did we see it be nice? What we saw was a computer that's developed artificial intelligence after a thousand years and it's lonely. Yeah, and someone's true. come on board and it's yeah, <laughs> tried right. to form a relationship with them. You're right. We Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Like We yeah. only have 15 minutes, so is it actually a nice computer? There's very little to actually say what that is. Wouldn't it be awesome if they're of um, the, the computer intelligence had killed off the evil, yeah, and then Enterprise's version, like oh, sorry, Discovery in our world's version, is evil and it's trying to kill a far crew. Yeah, you know that could be a nice. <laughs> no, there'd be some really interesting stuff. Yeah, even more. Looking forward to next week. Ooh. Now, I'll, I really now, like that, Elliot. Now I'll just be pissed off if it's not as good as the kids' version. That's what's yeah, true. I'm just putting all the bits together and sort of thinking. No, I, well, I'd I'd put it together with Calypso, but I'd not thought of the Mirror Universe side of it. That's yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, so like we got told the Mirror Universe discovery was destroyed, but we've never seen no? that, and there was never any wreckage of it. So oh, we could get Captain Killy back. Yeah, and we could by the get way- a good. We could get good Lorca. Yeah, oh yeah, Prime Locker would be good to bring in. Ooh. And by the way, uh, Discovery writers, if you're watching, if you haven't got a version that's as good as Elliot, <laughs> I will be still. Absolutely. <laughs> so the we get the scene now with Adira and the pronouns and everything, which we, we knew they were going to deal with this at some point. I thought this was handled fabulously. It was... <laughs> it was... It was just a case of, I want you to call me this, and... Culber's, yep, and yeah. that's I do, it. I don't think of myself as a as a girl, but I'm not male, so I prefer to be called they or them. 
Yeah. Okay. And it was just <laughs> I accepted. Just, I am going to say, I loved it. As a kind of coming out, kind of everyone accepts you story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing, and again, I'm going to be the winner of this apparently, but the only thing I would say, my hope is by that time, actually that far, even further than discovery, 900 years, I would hope like it wouldn't be a discussion. Like just to me, yeah. like, you know, it, it does. I well, that's it. how it, that's how that came across. Like, it wasn't a discussion. She just said it, and they went fine. But if you're what I'm saying is, like, I can imagine anyone who's watching it who come out, it would show them. Oh, it can be good. It can be okay. You know, it is all right, and I love that. But it's more to my point that it's not how they accepted it that they. Pardon me, and again, I will apologize in advance for any, anything I screw up with this. Is I like I, I'm actually very jealous of this generation growing up knowing, you know, knowing that all, all this information about it, which we're playing catch up, if you don't mind me speaking on your part. Mm. But yeah, like, and I mean, um, I'm even more of a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, but like, <laughs> we totally accept it, but, but we're playing catch up. That's all I'm saying. We will not on purpose say anything, but I, I kind of just think that they would not need to say that. Like, they would have just yeah. come on and go, oh, I'm a they, not she. Like, not what she said, but they becoming they um actually i've always felt it was they ever told gray which does suggest <laughs> that they didn't feel comfortable yeah. having that conversation with anyone else i just again i think there we get into an area and i've seen people discussing this online you're raising a, a similar point to what you say that, that this conversation shouldn't be necessary in the future but i think this is where star trek has to be a product of its time and yeah. even though, yes, we'd like to see a future where this sort of conversation isn't necessary, the fact that when that program is being made, the conversation is necessary means it needs to be in there. And the great thing is, if in however many years' time this looks terribly dated, then great, it's done its job. So yeah, no, that's very I, true. I yeah, think you it's, have to have the first I, first. Time I think they've had to. I <laughs> think they've probably had to do. That bit where she's saying, or they're saying, I don't think of myself mm. as a she, because it's to a twenty, to our that's audience, a twenty-first yeah. century audience. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. It's, it, it's almost like you have to have the first time when you so the second, third, and fourth time you don't have to. Yeah, it. so I do, yeah, I do appreciate so that. They've I mean, just got it out the way, but they did. I thought they did played it really well. There was no messing about with it. It was yeah. I hey. don't, I don't relate to being called that. I want to be called this. Okay, no problem. And the and just moved on from it. From a sort of an in-universe Star Trek standpoint, though, it you would think that none of this would have been necessary. It's much like the Universal translators translate everything. Surely you'd just program in your pronouns and your name and whatever, and then people could say anything to you, like they could go, "Oi, dickhead, will you pick that up? And it'll go, excuse me, sir, would you mind passing me the thing? You know, <laughs> and that way <laughs> they'd be so... So it'll get everything right, No, nothing offensive will come through, and more people will be friends with each other, but there you go. But that's not doing the right way, it's about... No, very very true, very true. <laughs> um, yeah, so, it's, it's amazing how little we've talked about the main plot, to be fair. Because the, there's not a lot, is there? So, Book's got this brother who's kind of working with the, the Orion and Dorian syndicate. There's well, these buggy things. It's not working with them. They've got him under yeah, the thumb, yeah, haven't they, that? They he, needs, he needs aid for the planet. Yeah. 
And it's effectively, yeah, we need to get rid of these things because they're going to knacker the crops and everything. And again, in and of itself, I don't think it's a bad Planet of the Week plot line. It's fine. Um, but it, That's it. Fine. It's yeah, fine. it's dealt <laughs> with pretty easily. And, and, and it's kind of like laying out... It kind of the only the one thing I do know which comes out of this it shows like it kind of culminates what we they've already tested that the Federation is a little bit toothless in this time and maybe it's yeah. been a little safe and thusly things have risen up to fill that vacuum like the Orion um, and now I think it's forcing the Federation to be bolder and to be the Federation again like it needs permission like they said in an earlier episode Admiral Silver Daddy Bear put it so rightly that it's like we be. Uh, defensive for too long, like yeah. it's time for us to kind of actually be explorers again, and like they've they've stopped playing triage now. So I I think this is gonna. I think next episode you see him be what they've done, but then he'll come round going, well, no, you're right, we adding up to them, and like Saru's probably gonna make a very stirring speech. Well, let's face it, it's gonna be Burnham because it's Burnham, but. <laughs> You know, oh no, let it be Saru because Saru's speech is brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> I want it to be Saru, but I've got a feeling Burnham because it's always Burnham. Uh, but like, uh, uh, I, I, no, because Burnham was stuck on the planet's surface, so she didn't see all the trap. No, she what didn't. Uh, she happened between between uh, Saru and and Osiris. <laughs> Shouldn't be her, but I think we, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Even when Burnham gave a speech, so. like the other episode, you still had to have Burnham having a little word. And, but uh, <laughs> very true. Um, so yeah, well, in terms of what goes on with the Orions, then th- this is interesting because the we've got the thing of where they basically start carpet bombing the planet and all this business. And Discovery's not. Did you notice? To... Go on. When Discovery um, jumped into orbit around the planet, mm-hmm. as soon as it arrived, it's the cells separated. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, they they attach, don't they, for when it does the the jump and then yeah yeah nice little touch there um so the the orion thing basically then the the carpet bombing the planet and they know they need to interfere with it and now i quite like this bit and i don't know whether it was intentionally a bit humorous or not so you've got saru saying well you know we're not allowed to do anything and Arium One, I forget the character's actual name, but the lady who should have really been made the first officer comes out with a really first officer, the first officerly assessment of the situation, and gives all these reasons why you can't do this and what you need to do and everything. And you're like, wow, she'd have probably been a good choice for the first officer, but never <laughs> mind. Um, but then Tilly, who is actually the first officer, comes up with this solution that. Well, what we'll do is we'll let Detmer take book ship and attack them, and then we've got plausible deniability, and we can say we didn't get involved. It's like, wait a minute, that that works on paper. That's like Ned Stark with his bit of paper in season one of Game of Thrones before they cut his head off. You know, it it is not going to work with a crime syndicate. Because they're going to go, well, we don't care if you're disciplining this officer. We think yeah. you did it. You mean, so that ship that launched from inside your ship, yeah. that's uh, flown by your pilot, and, but the thing had is, nothing to do with you. Well, they're arguing... It's for their benefit, though. I think it's for uh, Starfleet's bit. So yeah. Back, that she went rogue. Yeah. And by the way, though, what I just wanted to see where they go, are you okay with this? And they just go, hey, what if we just ditch her? But, and, and then they just pan out through going, sure. 
<laughs> even if it is for their benefit to cover their own backs to say, yes, you're <coughs> rogue and blah, 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 it's still going to start a war, which is not a good thing. So I, I just think maybe it's a, I just think it's a little bit reckless. They were right to I, save the planet, but I think it's... I think maybe it's, it's setting the footing of, like, as I say, what it's building towards of the Federation needs to actually take part. It needs yeah. to not kind of be so safe and it needs to start sticking as well. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I get the impression the Federation is literally just staying inside its bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I, but they're, all, they're not doing anything. All I'm getting at is I think Admiral Silver Daddy Bear is not necessarily going to be best pleased about this when they but, get home. And I, and I think like, he needs to be angry. I think he needs to get angry. And like, I want to see him hang like this this is nice though we see a nice uh, thing with Detmer and this is where my heart went into my mouth I thought here we go (laughs) she's got a scene on her own she's in a little ship attacking this huge battleship the uh, flagship of the of the Orion Chain Syndicate who control everything yeah she's gonna die but we get this great battle but then I thought what a waste. <laughs> Discovery's had all these updates. We're dying to see it in action. Yeah. And all we've seen is it spin into in and it's the cells separate. Show us bloody Discovery using <laughs> its upgrades. Yeah. Well, I, I am really hopeful. It's not only Discovery getting to but also the fleet. I feel like the, the Federation is finally going to be in action and then you see a big... Like, if they end the season, all those ships are in action, it'll be very pissed off. Like, they've teased Paul something chronic. Like, we're yeah. ready for action. It's... To, like, mm. like, to be fair, how book ship deals with, like, this huge battleship, flagship of the Orion chain, the Federation shouldn't be scared. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. And it it is a really cool action scene. It's really well directed. Freaks there. And Freaks obviously bringing his forte, his, his love of the man. He gets his control. joysticks out again. That's it. <laughs> you see, Star Trek 9, the do carry on. <laughs> and we've seen 900 years of evolution because in Insurrection, when you asked for manual, you got a Commodore 64 joystick. <laughs> 900 years in the future, you get like a, a PSVR hand things for your VR hands. So we have moved on. <laughs> but yeah, that brilliant. Game, it? It, uh, it, brilliant. I mean, Freaks... I, I just think Freaks has done that deliberately because of Insurrection. I hope I hope it were in the script and Freaks got the script and just went, are they taking pics? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Trendsetter. Well, they said it's like in the holographic display came up again. Oh no! <laughs> no, 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 no! Give her manual. You get Franks. You get game controllers. Yeah, brilliant. And Edna goes. This is how I learnt to fly. Yes. Yeah, she, she <laughs> joystick Sarah learnt... <Sarah> tradition. <laughs> she learnt to fly playing video games like most of us do. So, yeah, also, brilliant. Just to throw one other thing, just because it's uh, we've gone a little bit past it, but. Uh, you mentioned Tilly before and her, like, a bit mad suggestion. But one thing I did like is when they had her with the Andorri, she was the one, she was being his kind of, like, enforcer going, it's like, oh, yeah. excuse me, you will talk to the captain, the captain deserves to be talked to. And she has a few lines like that. The only thing I just, I'm saying, if they've done that now, is just going into the position, great, I'm all for that, but 
don't then in the future going, oh, but I don't know if I can do this, which I, yeah, I'm yeah, worried yeah. they're going to go back. I know what you mean. They, if they're going to just say she's taken it up, great. I wondered if the scene with her chastising the Andorian was a bit of an in-joke because that's Mary Wiseman's husband playing him. And I just <laughs> wondered if it was a little, oh, she's telling her husband off sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it is good. Like, you know, you'll speak to him properly and you'll do this. And yeah, really good. Um, what else? What else? Oh, Giorgio gets all the scans and everything. Now, I really don't want to be that guy and, you know, I very rarely comment on people's physical appearance, but Giorgio comes in in this skin-tight lycra. Michelle Yeoh is 58 years old. Just... <laughs> um, um, James, sorry, I'm <laughs> sickened by you saying... Sorry, just a bit draw. I'm sickened by you saying... No, no, I... I look, there's no game way game around. Look, we've said how buff and fan looks. You know my feelings on Admiral Daddy Bear. I think we've earned saying something about Yes. She looks fine. Yeah. Because I was watching it with Chloe and my wife, and she was like, fucking hell, how old? Uh, she was like, what, how old's Michelle Yeoh? And I looked it up and I was like 58. She's like, fuck off. <laughs> so, <laughs> she, she looked damn fine. And and I'm not the only one to mention it. Nico as well mentioned it, which I love as well. Yeah. So, but in, in story terms, going back to our, our serious uh, academic study of this episode, um, yeah, so she's like phasing in that. Now this one, this one bothered me a bit just because it is setting stuff up for future episodes, but all the other plots in the episode felt like they had a payoff. You had the scenes with Adira and Stamets and Culber and you had Detmer and there was a little bit of payoff to that and you had Tilly and the Andorian and so there's a little bit of payoff there. Whereas, Giorgio, they kind of raised all this stuff and then you get this scene where she she hacks in and she says, I'm dying. And um, Culber says, right, come on, we need to go have a talk. And then nothing. And you even get a scene with Culber after that and he's having a chat with Stamets and Adira and it, it's like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I think... I think, I, we've got, I think we're going to get all, all that paid off next week. I think yeah, we are. I don't mind having a few balls in the air. No, I, I don't, but it, it just felt very abrupt. It, it didn't feel like that movement of the story was done before it. Yeah. Because I do like episode, how he pointed out to her because she was going to go down to the surface <coughs> of the planet. Yeah. Because Michael's in trouble and he went, why? You nearly got her killed last time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was you, a problem. You, you incapacitated, you nearly got her killed because of it. No, exactly. Yeah, it's... I liked everything that happened with it. It was just I got to the end of the episode and a few minutes later I thought, oh, hang on, what happened with Georgia? You know, it just seemed to disappear yeah, out I, of nowhere. I still think that David Cronenberg has, has started this yeah, I think with so. Giorgio. Yeah, I, I, and, uh, yeah oh, I just so wanted to be wrapped up with any other universe now. Damn it, Elliot, now... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but for me, I, I, I kind of like the fact that we were saying about the relationship with Georgia him calling her to task and even with that scene going like the last time I would love for someone else to go it's like yeah and say something she, she go, right I will kill her yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, I love the feeling like still being crucified by her yeah but he went away with it I love that kind of thing. the other thing which uh, oh shit there was something go we'll come back to okay no worries um so yeah, I mean that pretty much wraps up the plot of the I mean let, let's touch on Buck and his brother it's it's yeah, your, to it, save the planet. It's your very standard, 
main character's got an estranged family member. They come back together through a crisis and they leave on much better terms. You know, I'm not denigrating it. I thought it was okay, but... Did you get the impression here that it's not actually a common thing for the species of the planet to be empaths? Mm, There's a little bit of dialogue, isn't there, that kind of implies that, yeah. Because they're not actually brothers, they named themselves brothers. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they said that, like, it was them two they were amplifying, not the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Them with that power. They're a secret kind of sect, or not a secret, a sect of the planet who've got this ability, which is kind of nice, like a brotherhood. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've suddenly thought what it was. Uh, you got Frank's directing of us, and you got a lovely long musical moment we haven't mentioned. Like, oh, yeah. 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 I thought that was very Frank's because he's the one who had the trombone in. Yeah. Nick Genuine's had a little musical scene with him. I thought maybe that was one of his little flaws. Maybe. And have we seen Stamets play piano before? Like, I, I can't remember it, but I like the way he just comes in, yeah, you know, I'll sit yeah. down. Anti-rap is from music and stuff. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah I, t- yeah. I totally buy it and everything. And, yeah, we didn't mention, what do we think's going on with um, Adira and Grey? Like, do we think it is just a case that as the memories have started to, uh, you know, as they've started to develop with the symbiont, the memories yeah. are getting integrated differently or is there something more I going think, on i think the memories are getting because like we saw with dax she had the memories but she didn't interact with mm. her past hosts and i think she was interacting with gray when she was sort of stuck in the moment maybe and, and she was she was just she wasn't and he told her you need to start experiencing new things and moving mm. on and she started to do that and and that and i think he's sort of I think he's maybe sort of taking a back seat so that she's developing new friends like with Stamets and Culber and, and doing her own thing. If that's the case. Instead of being stuck there with her. If that is the case, it just feels like a bit of a, a waste of an actor, you know. They, yeah, had... I thought we'd see more of it. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and I think we probably seems... will, but... It seems weird the way they paced it. It feels like if that is what they're doing, it might be something else than they'll surprise. And I know uh, Discovery's very good at telling long-form stories where mm. they do surprise you with something and you don't realise they're doing something they're doing. But if that is what they're doing, it feels almost like they've so many plot lines running through that that one's kind of been rushed because one episode, he's there all the time. Next episode, yeah. he's gone. And there's no kind of... Like, Fading of seeing him less, not there. Yeah, it feels like if that is what they're doing, it should a bit more, and maybe had her have periods going. Oh, I didn't see Gray for a while, but then he appeared. So everything's then next. Yeah. Oh, I'm wondering if Ian Alexander was not available the week they filmed this or something. You know, we who knows, but (laughs) we'll find out. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I think that does just about wrap up everything that's going on. Obviously, we've got Osiris still out there, still alive, swearing revenge. Yeah, I think, she ran away. Yeah, I that's think... I think you might be right that uh, we're going to see Detmer something. didn't die. Detmer didn't die, no, she made it. And she seems... Now, she had this thing of, you've got to face, face your fears to deal with it. And I, I hope that's not the be-all and end-all of a PTSD storyline, because, yes, it's good that she's faced it, but it it feels a we, little bit too easy. They had a great opportunity to really look into something. Yeah, I, it feels a little bit too easy, and I, I would expect 
a program like Star Trek to deal with mental health issues in a bit more of a thorough fashion and not just have like a, a pat ending to it like oh now that I've faced it and I can fly again I'm all good I, I'd like to see I don't I don't want to like necessarily being traumatised every single week or something but just that it's had some long term effect rather than you, you can get over it by facing your fears because yeah and also some way of how the actual how she is dealing with it like yeah. all we've seen so far is asking Kulberg, yeah, I do want to talk. Yeah. But we've not seen any sort of how the how he, no. he's helping her deal with it. Yeah, if you're going to set Colbert up as the cow's bit, then you need to actually show him doing it, not just suggesting it and then they come to him and then that's what we see. I, I think, yeah. again, my fear is then I could be proved because Discovery has frequently proved me wrong by doing something that I haven't seen they're doing. But um, I just, my slight fear is they've, thrown so many plots at the wall which it has been great in action pack but i just hope they've got enough time to land them give yeah yeah I'm, like I'm i don't mind if some of these plots carry on into season four if the <laughs> if the things with dighton of pgsd oh yeah it shouldn't be an instant fix i'm quite happy if she continues to have problems yeah. right through to the end of this season and parts where she freezes and that could i yeah. and and could give us some great tension if we have a massive battle that she actually freezes yeah, at the controls because of it isn't it in the middle of battle. Isn't it and then we deal with, deal with it properly in season four. I don't mind if we do that, if we deal with it, as opposed to it's done and dusted with, oh, can we talk? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think it's more impactful, in fact, to some mental health issues if you do show not that they resolve it so that's why they're already out there like they do stuff despite being with yeah them, and they're still them and they're still valuable but they've got this going and that is the real kind of like uh power of people with mental health issues have managed to overcome and by the way no shame if you struggle to overcome it either no absolutely not but it, yeah it i think if you're dealing with it it needs to be dealt with thoroughly but um you know again I think... Yeah, a quick I chat with Colbert and a play with Jonathan Frakes' joystick doesn't cure it. Not necessarily. Which how you say that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I do, you know, I do think that there, there will be more to it. So, yeah, so that's pretty much that episode wrapped up then. Any last thoughts on it? Anything that we've missed, guys? No, it, it was a fun episode. There was a lot going on, but... I think there was more... I don't think we actually wrapped up any parts of the plot no. in this. I, I think when we go back, this is going to fit in a lot better than it does at the moment. I think it's just created a lot of speculation of what's to come Yeah, without actually wrapping anything up. Um, we've got a big two-parter coming up, so I'm, I'm assuming it'll be big, but I'm really looking yeah. forward to that. Some of the things that I've heard... Are coming in it sound really, really interesting. Um, so yeah. I am looking for, oh, sorry. Yeah. I wanted to get you guys taking this. So the music then, are they saying that the music is that distress signal, but it's, it's distorted. And so it sounds like the music. No, I, I think the idea is it's from like, I, th I mean, I'm kind of putting a couple things together. It sounds like something within 
uh, thing which caused the burn is causing the music. So I think someone on the ship, which is within it, is playing that. Maybe right. someone within the alternate timeline. Which could ah, be Zara just playing their uh, old is, film tracks. I'd yes. love to know what the music's called. Is the To music, be able to look it up to see if it's in some old film new, score or something. Thing, is the music... Is the music the song they dance to in Calypso? Oh. Oh, now we have to watch Calypso back. Shit, like, why not say... I know what I'm doing when this woman finishes because, podcast. See, this is the thing. Every time there's something new in Discovery, I have to go watch Calypso again. And I think that's probably the episode I've watched more than anything else. So, Elliot, if you're going to take one for the team and watch Calypso again... I don't mind. I quite enjoy Calypso. I enjoy it. It's just I've seen it many times. So the music... And look very closely and see if it says USS Discovery, not ISS Discovery. Or if we see it. Or if we just... Or yeah, if, if you, you even actually see, see that. the name. So the, the, that's your homework for next week, Elliot. <laughs> my, my, just the other thing is, uh, I'm really hoping that in the two-parter coming up and up, before we see the chain unleashed, as it were, on the Federation, I want to see some more about this kind of like uh, leader. So name, uh, Osiris. 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 Because... Pretty much so far, she's just a beard stroking, like, yeah, yeah. Look how evil I am. I'm killing my relative. And, you know, my, and that relative's the kind of jailer, just got his position because of who his family is. It just all seems like a bad guy by numbers. Give me something more to, to like, really, like, yeah, um, I, some richness of her back so that she isn't, she's got something to her other than just an evil bad guy. See, like, I, I, I just, I'm do. again that I'm quite happy for them not to wrap up the chain story season three because if we've got like what we've we got left we've got we've only got five episodes five left episodes. so we know we've got a two-parter coming up to a further one and two which i've i've already said with my theory i think could be set in the mirror universe yeah, or related into that i think you've you've got to look at probably the last two episodes are going to deal with the burn and what it actually and was and and hopefully healing that thing. So that only leaves one episode in between. And I'd be really annoyed if they wrap up the chain in yeah. one episode. I, I, I'm quite happy for the chain to be sort of like the new baddie because Starfleet is diminished. Yeah, the like the new. So, so Starfleet's got to regrow, and as it regrows, it's fighting against. The Orion Shade, which is a bit like when they were fighting against the Klingons or the Romulans in the... Maybe as it's finding other pockets of Federation which it's been trapped off from, it's kind of got to rebuild its numbers as a state. I kind of love the idea that something which within Federation that we've noticed pretty much would be such a... uh, Like it wouldn't be strong enough to face the Federation. Now the Federation has to make itself enough to fight. Yeah, that is interesting. It's just... It brings the stakes more personal. It's like it's not facing huge syndicate, which kind of goes across the stars through every solar system. It's mm. just a a kind of few ship bad guy who kind of just been the punks of the universe. Yeah. The Federation has to beat that before being the Federation again. I That's think you get. Great. I think so. Like the impression I've got from all this is, so many ships have been blown up, and not just Federation, but everyone's. So I don't think anyone has huge fleets. Mm. Of ships to be to be going off like we're not going to see like in DS Nine where we had thousands of ships from each side going at each other. Ah, but we, 
there could be a threat if the burn has an origin point does it dissipate as it goes out so is there is there um a limit to how far the burn went and could <coughs> could civilizations beyond that have still have even more power like has it reached the borg has it reached the dominion has it reached other galaxies I don't know. Well, the Borg don't use... Uh, no, they use transport. Dilithium. Yeah. So we'll see. They anyway. use a different technology, but... Uh, yeah, I think it makes sense if it's got a point of origin Ooh. and it's going out. That raises a good point. If the Borg work on a different drive, as we know, that maybe as the Federation's rebuilding, they have from the Borg, and then they... You know, maybe it's just as they're rebuilding next series, mm-hmm. they get a bit of a visit from the Borg. Maybe the Borgs are being defeated in the intervening years yeah. between... the yeah, Borg. It's boring if they've been defeated. It's more interesting... Oh, yeah. You've got this but the... the I mean, it's just well, ready built into the plot. That well, I think, I think that it sets... Borg drive that they against mm-hmm. the Federation. Because we're looking at, like, we've got two sep- well, three separate timelines running now in Star Trek, because we've got Lower Decks running, we've got Picard running, and we've got Discovery running. And Picard, we've already got them where there's, like, a captured Borg cube mm-hmm. now, and they're learning how to defeat, and they obviously are learning how to deal with the Borg and get people out from being the Borg. So I can see it quite feasible that maybe a show following on from Picard, a Starfleet show, where they can defeat the Borg, yeah, and the Borg is no longer a threat. So we haven't got the Borg by the time we get to where Discovery is now. Yeah, I just think it'd be a shame seeing as you've naturally got this other system drive. I don't know. It, it just seems no, like it exactly. would be in Discovery's there's, plot now. Yeah, there's lots, lots to explore. Um, I'm looking forward to the next two episodes. Elliot's going to go away and watch Calypso again for us and yeah. bring back his well, findings. Well, it, it mentions the movie. I can't remember the name of the movie off the top of my head, uh, but it could be. Oh, it, it could. Right. It it could be actually. It is a musical, and it could be yeah. any song in that movie. Oh, funny face. And I'm not sure if I want to. Well, I I probably can it's sit through face. the movie. Yeah, it might be Funny Face. I think. Yeah. I think Funny Face is the film they watch. Um, but I'm not sure what they danced to. So right, that... Elliot, you've got to watch Calypso and the film Funny Face. Yeah. Well, I can do Calypso. I'll let you do Funny Face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll be back next time then to talk about Terra Firma Part 1. If you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, we're on Facebook. Uh, just search for Retrek. You can tweet us at RetrekPod, or you can email us retrekpod at gmail.com. Thanks to... Oh, no, how did that get stressed the wrong button? Oh, oh. you may as well tell us now. Oh, no, sorry, I actually pressed the button. It says the show, Thursdays 9 to 11 on the Live. Please tune in. We've got an interview <laughs> with Trevor Simon, which I did earlier in the year. Sorry, I accidentally pressed that. Never mind, keeps happening, that. Keeps happening. <laughs> okay, guys, so thanks for trekking with us this time, and we'll see you next time on The Retrek. Thank you, bye-bye. Bye.